Dr. New, poetry, Dr. New, poetry corner. Today's poet is Judith Wright. She is, oh, well, uh, I should say was, and is a uh, Australian poet of the 20th century. She was born in New England, which is a regional New South Wales um, area. And she lived in Queensland, my the state uh, which I have lived in for mm, 36 odd years, um, uh, for about 30 years herself. Uh, she um, worked as a statistician uh, at the University of Queensland. Uh, she was an Aboriginal rights activist. Uh, she also um, uh, lived on Mount Tambourine, which is kind of a centre for um, arts and uh, crafts in uh, southeast Queensland. Uh, she's had a, um, a, a arts centre named after her, uh, and she was very involved in wildlife um, uh, preservation uh, in Queensland. Uh, she has kind of a lyrical um, style without being um, it's a very kind of matter-of-fact style to her poetry um, and that kind of sim the simplicity um, but about the beauty of their wo chosen words um, uh, you know brings a great deal of it's very um, it's poetry which uh, is something that is to be felt and um, experienced and um, uh, breathed in and touched. Uh, and in light of that, uh, the first uh, poem I'm going to read is Five Senses. Five Senses by Judith Wright. Now my five senses gather into a meaning, all acts, all pretenses, and as a lily gathers the elements together, in me this dark and shining, that stillness and that moving, these shapes that spring from nothing, become a rhythm that dances, a pure design. While I'm in my five senses, they send me spinning, all sounds and silences, all shapes and colour, as thread for that weaver whose web within me growing follows beyond my knowing some pattern sprung from nothing a rhythm that dances and is not mine magpies by judith wright along the road the magpies walk with hands in pockets left and right they tilt their heads and stroll and talk in their well-fitted black and white they look like certain gentlemen who seem most notulent and wise until their meal is served and then what clashing beaks what greedy eyes but not one man that i have heard throws back his head in such song of grace and praise no man no bird their greed is brief their joy is long for each is born with such a throat as thanks his god with every note the Company of Lovers by Judith Wright 
We meet and part now over all the world. We, the lost company, take hands together in the night. Forget the night in our brief happiness, silently. We, who sought many things, throw all away for this one thing, one only, remembering that in the narrow grave we shall be lonely. Death marshals up his armies round us now. Their footsteps crowd too near. Lock your warm hand above the chilling heart, and for a time I live without my fear. Grope in the night to find me and embrace, for the dark preludes of the drums begin, and round us, round the company of lovers, death draws his cordons in. Dr. New Poetry, Dr. New Poetry Corner. So today we are looking at E. E. Cummings, who was a lyrical poet who was born in 1894 and died in 1962. He was one of the, uh, an extremely innovative poet of his time and he did a lot of experimentation with different types of poetic forms um, to have a really distinct um, style and he also um, uh, he also looked at uh, how the words were placed on the page to add additional meaning uh, and um, he was an essayist, um, he was um, uh, a painter, an author, a playwright, he did a bit of everything. So I'm just going to read a couple of poems by him tonight and uh, let me know what you think. I carry your heart with me, I carry it in, by E. E. Cummings. I carry your heart with me, I carry it in my heart. I am never without it, anywhere I go you go, my dear. And whatever is done by only me is your doing, my darling. I fear no fate, for you are my fate, my sweet. I want no world. For beautiful you are, my world, my true. And it's you are whatever a moon has always meant and whatever a sun will always sing is you. Here is the deepest secret nobody knows. Here is the root of the root and the bud of the bud and the sky of the sky of a tree called life, which grows higher than soul can hope or mind can hide. And this is the wonder that keeps the stars apart. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. I sing of Olaf, glad and big, by E. E. Cummings. I sing of Olaf, glad and big, whose warmest heart recoiled at war, a conscientious objector. His well-beloved colonel, Trigg Westpointer most succinctly bred, took erring Olaf soon in hand, 
but though a host of overjoyed non-coms first knocking on their head him do through icy waters roll that helplessness which others stoke with brushes recently employed anent this muddy toilet bowl while kindred intellects evoke allegiance per blunt instruments olaf being to all intents a corpse and wanting any rag upon what god unto him gave responds without getting annoyed i will not kiss your fucking flag straightway the silver bird looked grave departing hurriedly to shave but though all kinds of officers are yearning nation's blue-eyed pride their passive prey did kick and curse until for where their clarion voices and boots were much the worse and egged the first-class privates on his rectum wickedly to tease by means of skilfully applied bayonets roasted hot with heat olaf upon what were once knees does almost ceaselessly repeat there is some shit i will not eat our president being of which assertions duly notified threw the yellow son of a bitch into a dungeon where he died christ of his mercy infinite i pray to see an olaf too preponderatingly because unless statistics lie he was more brave than me, more blonde than you. Dr. New, poetry, Dr. New, poetry corner. So today we're looking at Robert Lee Frost. Uh, he's an American poet, born in 1874, and he died in the uh, 1963. <clears throat> uh, and um, he uh, used a lot of, um, I guess, um, nature-related um, imagery in his work, uh, and... Um, won a lot of prizes in his life um, but um, uh, his um, work has uh, um, lasting popularity um, and <clears throat> um, during he, he he was published and sold his his poetry um, in the um, primarily in the early 20th century um, and um, went to Harvard University and um, uh, went to no, travelled the world, um, Great Britain, and and um, uh, did quite a lot of um, uh, writing around the First World War. So um, today we're going to look at a couple of his poems, um, particularly his famous ones, and um, they have a very lyrical feel to them uh, and are, um, have beautiful imagery, so quite enchanting. Nothing Gold Can Stay by Robert Frost Nature's first green is gold her hardest hue to hold, her early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief, so dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. 
Fire and Ice by Robert Frost Some say the world will end in fire, some say in ice. From what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those who favour fire. But if I had to perish twice, I think I know enough of hate to say that for destruction ice is also great and would suffice. A dream pang. I had withdrawn in forest, and my song was swallowed up in leaves that blew away. And to the forest edge you came one day, this was my dream, and looked and pondered long, but did not enter, though the wish was strong. You shook your pensive head as who should say, I dare not, too far in his footsteps stray. He must seek me, would he undo the wrong? Not far but near, I stood and saw it all, Behind low boughs the trees let down outside, And the sweet pang it cost me not to call, And tell you that I saw does still abide. But tis not true that thus I dwelt aloof, For the wood wakes, and you are here for proof. Dr. New, poetry, Dr. New, poetry corner. So today we are talking about someone that virtually needs no introduction. Just about everyone knows about Edgar Allan Poe, <clears throat> born in 1809, died in 1849, um, so uh, died young. Um, very famous for his poetry and short stories, a central figure um, for the Romantic movement in the United States. Um, uh, he's considered to be as well the kind of inventor of detection fiction and, and um, uh, detective noir fiction, I guess, um, and contributed to science fiction and horror. Um, and um, really interesting um, history, of course, his most famous poem is The Raven, but I'm not going to read that tonight. Um, I am going to um, look at a couple of other poems because um, uh, I'm going to reserve The Raven for another time. But um, all in all, um, uh, very interesting has his uh, death could have been from one of many things as many stories about it um, everything from um, tuberculosis to suicide uh, and um, he's very influential um, writer to this day a dream within a dream by Edgar Allan Poe Take this kiss upon the brow, and, in parting from you now, thus much let me avow, you are not wrong who deem that my days have been a dream. Yet if hope has flown away, in a night or in a day, in a vision or in none, is it therefore the less gone? All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. I stand amid the roar 
of a surf-tormented shore, and I hold within my hand grains of the golden sand. How few, yet how they creep through my fingers to the deep. While I weep, while I weep, O oh God, I can I not grasp them with a tight clasp? O oh God, can I not save one from the pitiless wave? Is all that we see or seem but a dream within a dream? Alone by Edgar Allan Poe From childhood's hour I have not been as others were. I have not seen as others saw. I could not bring my passions from a common spring. From the same source I have not taken my sorrow. I could not awaken my heart to joy at the same tone. And all I loved, I loved alone. Then, in my childhood, in the dawn of a most stormy life, was drawn from every depth of good and ill, the mystery which binds me still. From the torrent or the fountain, from the red cliff of the mountain, from the sun that round me rolled it in its autumn tint of gold, from the lightning in the sky as it passed me flying by, from the thunder and the storm, and the cloud that took the form, when the rest of heaven was blue, of a demon in my view. Sonnet to Science by Edgar Allan Poe Science, true daughter of old time thou art, who alterest all things with thy peering eyes. Why prayest thou thus upon the poet's heart, vulture whose wings are dull realities? How should he love thee, or how deem thee wise? Who wouldst not Leave him in his wandering to seek for treasure in the jewelled skies. Albeit he soared with an undaunted wing, hast thou not dragged Diana from her car, and driven the hammer-dryad from the wood, to seek a shelter in some happier star? Hast thou not torn the naiad from her flood, the elfin from the green grass, and from me the summer dream beneath the tamarind tree? Dr. New, Poetry, Dr. New, Poetry Corner. So today we are talking about Emily Elizabeth Dixon. And like Poe, she was a Massachusetts. Uh, so she was born in America in Massachusetts. Ah, now I can't say it. Um, anyway, um, so uh, she was around, uh, what, 1830 to 1886. That was her life. Um, and uh, she lived a lot. Um, uh, well, um, how old was she when she died? Let's do the maths. 56. So she was a good 16 years. She lived a good 16 years, 15, 16 years um, longer than Poe. Uh, and um, very prolific po um, poet. Um, uh, she wrote about 1,800 poems during her li a lifetime, but um, uh, only about a dozen were published. So um, really, 
um, the complete um, uh, collection of her poetry wasn't really published um, until um, the mid 50s. So that's when she started to really, um, in a in a much larger way, become part of the canon um, around. Uh, um, uh, I guess you would call her a romantic poet, um, and um, it's it's interesting because uh, when you look at um, the romantic movement um, uh, and you hear um, poets described, um, male poets tend to be described as you know strong members of the romantic um, uh, movement, um, but women. Um, uh, female poets tend to be spoken about as sentimental poets. So um, she has quite a lyrical style um, and um, very uh, dry uh, humour. Uh, and um, uh, you can see, really see um, that she's very much um, a woman of her time. Um, and her work kind of falls into three main periods. So um, before the 1860s, um, much more conventional. Um, in, between in the, in the early 1860s, very creative, very um, uh, thematic of kind of more a morality. Uh, and then after that time, um, she kind of changed um, the way that she um, wrote it became developed her voice uh, and used um, a lot more styles a, 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 a more higher variety of styles and approaches um, famously known for her dashes in her poetry um, so if you see dashes in poetry it's probably um, she's <laughs> she, it was instigated by her so just going to read a couple of her poems uh, and um, uh, See what you think. There is another garden by Emily Dickinson. There is another sky, ever serene and fair. And there is another sunshine, though it be darkness there. Never mind faded forests, Austin. Never mind silent fields. Here is a little forest whose leaf is ever green. Here is a brighter garden where not a frost has been. In its unfading flowers, I hear the bright bee hum. Prithee, my brother, into my garden come. Success is counted sweetest by Emily Dickinson. Success is counted sweetest by those who ne'er succeed. To comprehend a nectar requires sorest need. Not one of all the purple host who took the flag today can tell the definition so clear of victory. As he defeated, dying, on whose forbidden ear the distant strains of triumph burst agonised and clear. Wild Nights, Wild Nights by Emily Dickinson Wild nights, wild nights, were I with thee, wild nights should be our luxury. Futile the winds to a heart in port, 
done with the compass, done with the chart, rowing in Eden. Ah, the sea, might I but moor to-night in thee.